0: Welcome to 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is your show all about nonprofits and the people that make mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, Executive Director of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. And we have my co-host, Natalie Jabronski, the nonprofit ninja. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to
1: achieve organizational greatness. Hi Marjorie. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to you and welcome to our audience. Today we're going to be talking about tricks for time management. You show me someone who has their time management down. I will show you someone who's dropped a ball somewhere.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially in this industry. I mean, we're all so busy. We're expected to wear 27 hats at all times. And you know, how do you keep everything moving and moving smoothly? with all the distractions that we have each and every day. I think time management is even more
1: difficult for nonprofits because we are challenged to do more with less. Oh, absolutely. And I understand that that is something across the continuum of business, but with nonprofits, I think there's even more pressure because we know we owe it to our donors and our clients to be able to achieve that mission and keep those costs low and being able to provide that value. There's even more pressure to be able to really condense How many people are working on different projects, which means now you are doing more and the multitasking takes place. I just think that's a big challenge, don't you?
0: Oh, I absolutely do. The other thing that I think it really weighs on, especially probably fundraisers and people in administrative roles is, you know, if your donor calls and they want something, you better get it to that donor fast. If you're an executive director and your board calls any member of your board, any one of the twelve or twenty or thirty people you've got who are your bosses, yeah, uh, you better get that to them fast too. Most people only have one boss, <laughs> but yeah. nonprofit like, we yeah. report
1: to so many. We report to our constituents. We, we report really to all of our shareholders, and I think that's what makes it unique as well. And the fallout for what can happen for someone in nonprofit management when they don't make a deadline. So you think about how many things are associated with funding. You mentioned oh fundraisers. Gosh. So grants yeah. that have specific deadlines that you have to meet. And also, of course, federal and state requirements with regards to reporting structure
0: oh, and excellent. the impact it can have on a nonprofit organization. Yeah. You get that grant reported or you get that in at 12.02 AM <laughs> and you've lost that money just by being two minutes late. And that's a big deal. Right. I and mean, then you mentioned before about just the tug and pull of
1: communication and Uh, you know, meeting those client expectations. And if you're not being able to manage your time correctly, those could have serious implication on your mission. Oh, absolutely. No money, no mission. That's right. So today we're going to talk about things that absorb time for nonprofit leaders and uh, some of those main problems just kind of highlight some of those th- th- problems that we see. And then some potential solutions that we've found through some of the research we've worked on, the experiences that both Marjorie and I have. So let's kick it off, Marjorie. Let's talk That's about, it. I know, one of your favorite things about time management, mm-hmm. that beautiful concept of electronic mail. Or yeah. email, Don't as they call it. take my
0: email away from me. <laughs> so I, I feel like the telling people to to not look at their email is like telling me that I can save $10 a week and $520 a year if I stop drinking coffee. <laughs> it's not going to happen, and we could just stop talking about that. <laughs> but email becomes such a problem, and I think
1: technology, as it advances, has made it even more of a time management problem. Before email consumed us, perhaps at either a home or at work, or maybe both, but now we're all walking around with a mini computer in our hands at all times. And I believe phones have made it even more difficult to on-demand, where electronic mail before was a message when you could respond. Now
0: it's a how fast can you respond. Absolutely. And, you know, so I think that that there's kind of two ways to look at it. I think maybe before email, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't really have a job before email. So I, I don't know life without it in the professional world. But I'm going to imagine that at that time, If you needed to know something from me, you had to pick up the phone and ask me or go see me in my office. And I think sometimes that allowed people to maybe figure out their own problems faster. I think sometimes with email, we tend to figure out people's problems for them when they ask instead of, you know, giving them that time. I've got a colleague who told me once that, you know, he just kind of made a a rule not to reply to any of his employees' emails, you know, for 24 hours. You know, if it was something like that, that, that he figured they could figure out. And he said, you'd be amazed at how self-sufficient they got. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think you should leave your, your employees or your donors or your clients hanging. I mean, that's that's not good. But I do use email as like my basic organization system.
1: And certainly you can use your inbox to your advantage. One Absolutely. of the pieces of research that I was looking at was a website called charityvillage.com. Mm-hmm. They had an article specifically talking about time management tips and they were referencing the great thing about technology. Even though it's been our curse, it can also be our solution. Yeah. How do we manage our inbox? There are so many amazing tools that you can use for managing your inbox and being able to prioritize so that when you, going back to Marjorie, you were talking about staff emails, you could actually manage your inbox so that anyone who reports to you is flagged a different color yeah. or put in a certain folder or marked a certain way, or put to the top or the bottom of your email list mm-hmm. in a way that works for you. Absolutely. And I don't think a lot of people have rules set up so that they're able to read a blog every, you know, that comes once a week that may just look like clutter and I want to read it at some point. It's going to now get in my way. And you could actually have that blog hit your inbox, go straight to a folder that's labeled with that blog so that when oh, you
0: have nice. time to be able to sit and really engage and get something out of that, that reading that you could do so. And I think the key is making sure it works for you. I had yes. uh, an employee once who had this really great system that she tried to give to another one of my employees. And it was basically that, you know, kind of what you said, things go into different folders. And she said, you know, well, let's set up a, a folder for Marjorie. And, you know, it'll be great. All of her emails to you will go in this folder. Well, I'd send them things. And I wouldn't hear back. I wouldn't hear back. <laughs> anyway, it was down the hall. So, like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. And then it's one like, it was knock, like, knock, back, hello, are you there? Yeah, I was like, dude, um you haven't responded to like anything I've, I've given you these ideas, you know, these, these volunteers I've suggested you use any of this stuff. Like what's going on? He's like, I haven't gotten any emails from you. I don't know what you're talking about. And he looked at his, he looked at his inbox. He's like, see, there's nothing. And I was like, what's that folder over there that's labeled Marjorie with like 20 emails? (laughs) There are 20 unread messages. Wow. Oh, so make sure that it works for you. Make sure you understand what you're setting up. I think that's really important. I agree. And there's so many
1: Quick classes that you can take, tutorials that you can take. Yeah. There's local classes I know at community colleges that just focus on email communication.
0: Absolutely.
1: So use it to your advantage. If email is part of your everyday life and typically in nonprofits it is and it's a lifeline, especially for yeah. those small nonprofits where it typically includes one to three staff and a board when you are really running tight and that communication is key. Make sure you're using all that technology to your, to your advantage. And I know that you had mentioned you live by the email.
0: Right. I do. Yes. But there's also
1: <laughs> ways that you can have the email on in the background, but yet avoid distractions. So there is the pop up that comes up in the right hand corner. If you're oh, using Outlook, you got, you <laughs> could have that on or off. Uh, it will distract you. There's the sound that happens. Mm-hmm. There's the icon that happens. So if you are able to uh, walk away from your habit mm-hmm. and disable all three <laughs> of those, it can allow you to, once you are on a roll, on focus, on working on that grant or working on that communication piece or working on the budget, then you are able to still have it as your safety net behind mm-hmm. the scenes and operating, but focused on what's in front of you.
0: Yeah, and I'm really, a, I'm actually a two-screen operator. I got my, I got my emails usually up on one screen and whatever I'm working on is on the other, unless something's covering up the email. So I'm constantly able to keep an eye on what's coming in. And deciding whether that's worth my time. I mean, today I think I had like 15 unread email messages at one point, but they were all just like, meh. You know, here's the update from the Business Journal. Here's this, here's that, here's Marjorie, <laughs> I guarantee
1: you that there are leaders right now listening to this in the nonprofit world who heard you say that you only have 15 unread emails. Well, oh, that was over the course of an
0: hour. Oh, good, because they would so be like, yay!
1: Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know hour, people have unread. hundreds of
0: <laughs> unread emails, right? Yeah, I get itchy if there's more than that. <laughs> and going
1: back to leaders, I believe it's important for nonprofit leaders to make sure that they are setting the expectations for their team. Absolutely. So if they are telling them, hey, we're gonna make sure that we have a great weekend and let's you know turn everything off for a second let's focus on our family, recharge your batteries and come back. They themselves then cannot be sending out emails all weekend because it causes panic for nonprofit staff when really they get does. back to the office on Monday the yeah, drafts are your friend in that case they, they tra- I mean drafts work well uh, also there are people who have different sleep patterns and I get that and I respect that but if you're sending emails to your team at one in the morning, you're going to cause them to feel like they need to be reacting to you in a timely manner, and yeah. so maybe if you feel the need to draft at that hour, again, yeah. you can you can forward that and have it draft or
0: have it sent later in the in the morning. Yeah, I know a lot of leaders. It's really hard to, to walk your talk, and so I would encourage you know employees to say, hey, what's up with that 4 a.m. email? You know, give them a hard time about it. You've got that relationship. The relationship is key there. Sometimes you can't joke with your your boss that way, but I feel like most of my, my employees would joke with me about a, you know, three in the morning email if they noticed it, if they noticed it, I feel like is the big key. <laughs> sure. Sure. Marjorie, what are some other things that absorb your time as a nonprofit leader? So one of the big things is meetings. I, I know that a lot of times I will stack my meetings, especially to be efficient in my driving, you know, ge- geographically. I'm, my organization is a regional service. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, but there are some days that and I'm actually looking at tomorrow, looking at you tomorrow that I look at the calendar and I go, wow, I am in meetings and trainings and meetings and trainings all day long. And I've got maybe 30 minutes between each one of them to wow. regroup. And I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be in the office at all. So it's kind of like, what, what do you do to make sure that? That's not sucking up all your time. It is all of that time being used effectively too. Is the other really big question you got to ask yourself?
1: Yeah, there's a consultant that you've talked about before, uh, Joan Gary.
0: Yeah. I think
1: she has her own website, JoanGary.com, I believe. Uh, and she was talking all about making sure that you control your day instead mm-hmm. of letting your day control you. And I think she gave a great right. scenario of what that can look like. And uh, meetings are definitely one of those control factors that we just have to we it ha- it's we have to do it right. Yeah. Meetings are important. We need to meet with our donors. We need to meet with our staff. We need to meet with our board. We need to meet with our constituents. And all those are important. But how do we do it so that we do not feel exhausted at the end of the day mm-hmm. and our time
0: gets sapped? Because we have to allow some time in there. Yeah, I think one of the big things, too, that I find myself doing is, you know, you enjoy being around people. And after the meeting, you want to talk a little bit. Um you know, and making sure that you get out of that meeting in a a reasonable amount of time so that when you get back to the office, you have some time to actually debrief yourself in the meeting. Mm -hmm. So many times I know I've been in meetings where I promised to do X, Y, and Z. And by the time I've been so stressed, I've had to go other places. I've gotten back to the office and I can't remember what X, Y, Z was. So trying to make sure that that... Really works. T- figuring out a way to either a take good me- take good enough notes of your meeting so that they're actually effective, or gosh, even better, have somebody who's really good at taking notes on your meeting team so that those action items can come out and people can be reminded. Because there's no point in having a meeting if nobody follows up on what they're gonna do.
1: Yeah, I, oh, I agree completely. And there's sometimes there's no reason to have a meeting. Period. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, how often have we all said we've sat in the same room and we thought, why are we meeting about this? Yeah. You know, an email would have fixed this. Another piece mm-hmm. of technology, or perhaps a, a quick phone call would have taken care of this completely. Yeah. So, and there's all sorts of things beyond meeting about the business and the mission uh, that require our our time. So, Absolutely. little things like recharging our batteries with uh, a little thing I like to call lunch. It usually happens around the noon hour. I know. Crazy I know concept. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having lunch and combining it with a meeting, mm-hmm. but uh so long as it fits within, you know, standard labor, you know, labor yeah. standards. Uh But there's you still have to have some time to stretch your body. You have to have some time to breathe appropriately and to just kind of recharge and refocus, Uh, you know, get a cup of coffee, get something to, you know, to drink. Uh, And also do the work of your job, you know, work on those grant proposals or work on that funding request or make that phone call to that lapsed donor that you wanted to make. Or, you know, you mentioned uh, before uh, management by walking around. Yes. And the power of that. Talk
0: about how you use that with your staff. So one of the things that I really do more as a manager is, you know, I obviously spend a lot of time in my office, but uh, doing work work. But I feel like as a manager, you know, we have our weekly meetings with most of my staff. But I feel like I'm most effective during the rest of the week in seeing what they're doing by going into their office and talking to them a little bit about what they're doing, checking in. What do you need from me? Is this on track? Because we have our Monday morning meetings, but none of us remember what we're supposed to be doing on Monday, and so it's kind of like just kind of setting that expectation and then keep keeping going. But so, Mar- Marjorie, if you're if you're doing that, some of our listeners
1: may be very curious because I could very easily see myself getting sucked into the problem solution, Operation Whirlwind, uh, you know, operational yes. tornado, as some <laughs> people call it, and you're checking on your team, and they're saying, oh, thank goodness you're here, and word vomit, word vomit, here's everything that's happening, come fix it for me, and how do you get away from that operational tornado so that you are still empowering them, but yet being there for them?
0: Yeah, so that's that's a tough one. So we do a lot of kind of co-problem solving, because most of my team is is younger. They're, I mean, and they're certainly not helpless. Like, like, let's not even go there. But, I mean, they're a really good team. But a lot of it is, okay, well, what, what do you think are some solutions for that? So that, you know, we're kind of coaching along the way, but mm-hmm. we're not fixing it for them. Some days, there are days that I need to jump in and fix it for them, um, because some days, some things actually require my immediate attention. And that is kind of the nice thing about that, is you're not waiting between meetings to figure out that there's a problem. Right. You know, and so in theory, it would make our meetings shorter. But uh, I'm gonna be honest, our meeting, our staff meetings kind of long because there's a snack, there's a walk, there's a lot of chatting. It may not be the best always, you know, use of the day. Except that our team is very cohesive. I think because we have that weekly meeting. And the value of a cohesive team,
1: especially in a nonprofit organization, priceless. Yeah. So we
0: talked about hiring
1: competent staff, helping them by coaching them, and. Uh, doing a little bit of mirroring, I hear you say. Well, what yeah. do you think you should do? And I hear you saying this, so that they are really empowered to do that. Yeah. But under, don't underestimate. I believe the value of being able to bring your team together in a fellowship way, so that you can build on that team. Because I bet in crisis situation. Your team responds and reacts
0: beautifully for oh, you. Oh yeah. I mean you should see them in an event. I mean, they work together well, they do the <laughs> things. Crisis events. Pass. It's amazing you put those <laughs> two together. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so but you know, I, I really believe that a cohesive team is a productive team. Good. So which Makes your time management all the better. <laughs> absolutely, and
1: if you're if you're managing by walking around, you're up, you're stretching, mm-hmm. yeah. you're allowing that blood circulation. Uh, you're it's a healthy step away from the electronics that are it's, happening it's my around time you. Time away from my email. Right, so, so it's, it's it's a great use of time. So that's good. That's good time balance. Yeah, absolutely. So another area where we see challenges, and this becomes more and more as we look at what's happening online with technology, and that
0: is social media. Well, and that's a huge time suck. If you want, I got an I got a an email today that asked me to take a survey. And the it, the first question was, what kind of social media do you have? And it was Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Snapchat, Instagram, one more, Twitter. Um, Twitter. And do you have which ones of these do you have? And I. Checked all of check, them. Check, 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 check. Yeah. And then it was how much time do you spend on each of them? And it, I felt a little better. There was only one that I spent like By the almost way, all my life on.
1: I don't know if anyone else feels like this. <laughs> I feel exhausted just hearing that list.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you have to manage all those lists is. Yeah. Well, and so like my Pinterest, I really only go on there when I'm like, what do I want for dinner? <laughs> So, so we're know, going to Marjorie's yeah. house for dinner. If you all caught
1: that, oh, uh, yeah. all those fabulous dinners that look beautiful, they're at your house. That's where they're at.
0: No, actually, they're not. I, I look on there to see what kind of foods I might want, and then ask somebody to make
1: them. Oh, me. there's <laughs> the trick. That's time management. That's called what, that's yes. called
0: delegating. Delegating,
1: that's so Another important. good trick, right? <laughs> so, what happens when you? Uh, one of the roles that you have in nonprofit management is to manage your social media account So yeah. we could get into in, uh, and dive into to social media on a personal level, but instead I'd rather go back to and thinking about just those who use social media for work purposes. And one and the other may be very similar, especially if you are employed on your own or if you're Mm -hmm. working in a very small nonprofit. uh, You may be managing uh, the same way, using both accounts. Uh, I have something that I fondly have labeled shiny thing syndrome, (laughs) <laughs> Meaning that I could be having a beautiful conversation and all of a sudden I'll recognize something and go, Oh, look at that sign. That's very interesting and completely forget the <laughs> fact that I was on to post something about, you know, our upcoming auction. Yes. Uh and boy, you talk about overload
0: of stimulant is social media one oh one, right? There is there's so much out there to look at all the time and I I've I've got shiny shiny thing syndrome all the time going on there and unfortunately I probably should change as my Facebook is my homepage a lot of days. So, you know, I go on there to to actually do something with eTapestry and, oh, here's Facebook. Look at Facebook. Um, but I think it is a real challenge because, you know, you're, you're managing your organizational's page. Um, at the same time to manage your organization's page, well, you have to have, you have to be engaging your friends with your organization. Um, and then I think one of the things I'm finding is more and more volunteers and and other constituents are reaching out to us through personal messages on Facebook. So whether it's through the messenger app or through just not, I don't get too many people writing on my wall, but um, you know, we're finding a lot of that in our organization and trying to keep that down so that, you know, Facebook isn't, doesn't become like your third email. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a real challenge these days. Uh,
1: One of the articles that we were reading was about time management for nonprofits with Mm -hmm. regards to social
0: media professionals i do you have do you remember the the yes. website for that one mm-hmm. yeah oh bethcantor.org she That's is who it was she is fantastic she's probably one of the i mean she's like if you're a marketing person if you're not re- reading Beth Cantor, like stop what you're doing and go do that but i mean she she has some fantastic things to say about how to get your um, social media down into small chunks so that you can figure out your life on social media. (laughs) And I love the picture on the front. It says you can't recycle wasted
1: time. No. And so even though all of us are trying to recycle at all times, that is something that is a precious resource. It's a one-time commodity. So if you are looking at social media as one of your tasks, one of the things she recommends, which is brilliant, is just looking at a task with specific objectives. So I am going on to Pinterest today to be able to post these three things to Mm -hmm. our wall that are going to be about our upcoming event. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So that when you do see this beautiful tomato stew that you think it would be great to make, oh, great, but yeah, probably is. And we'll find (laughs) someone to make it for you. Continue (laughs) and move on because you need to put yourself in that mode and allow yourself then to say, and then tonight dot 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 when the kids mm-hmm. go to bed or whenever i'm on my treadmill or whenever your social media time is
0: i'll make sure i come back and i look for that absolutely and i think one a good thing like if you are a social media user especially for work is to actually write down on a piece of paper what you need to accomplish on social media
1: that's a great idea before
0: you open up the screen because that's a really easy way to like oh remember why i'm here <laughs> so now
1: we talked before about the the beauty of having a small little computer in your hands at all times mm-hmm. One of the things that that can cause with social media is all the different mechanisms that can alert us
0: mm-hmm. that
1: someone or something has happened to one of those seven, I believe you noted, social media pages. Yeah, and
0: your email and everything else. And,
1: and everything else. So yeah. I think a big piece of managing your social media and the overload that could come with that for time management is also the alerts because I don't know about you, but again, going back to my, my shiny thing syndrome,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, I have an alert. I have to yes. follow it. And <laughs> down the rabbit hole I go, regardless of where I was mm-hmm. happening next. Yeah. And inevitably that rabbit hole takes way longer than expected. Yeah, Those
0: little red numbers on the iPhone. I mean, I, I, Again, I don't like a lot of email and I don't like to have notifications waiting, so those do throw me off quite a bit. I've actually learned to put the important things that I actually really, really want to do and want to care about on my home screen of my iPhone so that I... Not going to Pinterest on, on my work time because Pinterest sent me a notification that somebody liked something I pinned. Like I don't care about that at work. <laughs> <laughs> so even I know I don't care about that at work. So anything that happens on the Instagram, I'm not going to care about at work, but they're off. They're not on that front screen there.
1: So if you don't have your alerts managed, uh, something simple like one of the most popular platforms for social media is facebook Mm -hmm. which is where you can find 501 crossroads by the way if you haven't liked our page yet but you can go in and search 501 crossroads and see us like the page Mm -hmm. and then manage your alerts by looking at uh, specific areas it'll show you right there as to how do you want to follow them what alerts do you want do you want to uh, be notified every time something's posted with um pushed directly to your phone even if it's on lock screen Do you want something just to uh, send you an email? Do you want it to not notify you at all? Maybe you love us so much here at 501 Crossroads that you want to see it the first time you open up Facebook. That's Just the say, top of your list. <laughs> and so that and, of course, your mother, because you do not forget yeah. your mother's Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> so you can make say, these are the things I want to see first, so that if you only have a few precious minutes, maybe you're at the dentist and you're waiting to be, get in and you only have three to five minutes to get on there. I need your dentist. You could, qu- <laughs> you could quickly look and see what are the top most important things that mm-hmm. I
0: want to know for, p- for personal use or. For business. Absolutely. Use. And, you know, make, make sure you put that person that always says, oh, I'm sure you saw it on my Facebook. Make sure they're in there so you see it on their Facebook. <laughs> and what I
1: love also is that if there's someone or something that you're following, not that you would ever do that to, that, mm-hmm. that to us here at 501 Crossroads, but if there is someone that you are liked that you do not want alerts from in your, in your feed. your hmm You can say, I want to stay friends with this person. Marjorie is great. I want to stay friends with her, but she posts one more picture about food and I'm going to die because it's so delicious. (laughs) So you can just say, I just don't want to see these in my newsfeed. It keeps you connected, but yet it also helps us streamline. It kind of goes back to the original conversation about organizing your outlook. You can organize your social media, which will help you stay focused when you are managing it. Yeah, which is important. um, What what about combining social media tasks uh, with a, a break in your schedule? So how do you manage all of those different platforms? Do you do that all at one time? Do you say, okay, I'm going to take a 10-minute break here, get a glass of water, and then update
0: our LinkedIn account, how do you t- tend to do that? So a lot of times like with Fire One Crossroads, what I'll do is okay, like this ten minute block is Fire One Crossroads time. I'm going to go update our Facebook, update our LinkedIn with usually the same information and get the next show ready to post. Um, with Mind's Eye, thankfully I've finally got somebody who's fantastic at social media and actually can handle all that for Mind's Eye. So I'm a lot more hands-off with that. So now my at Mind's Eye time is going on our page, double checking to make sure like everything is sane, legal, all that good stuff, and then getting off. Um, and but then I am checking. Checking a couple of our key people to see, you know, is is there somebody I need to check on? Is there a donor? You know, because that is a nice thing. So we've got social media now that another way we can connect with donors and potential employees and things like that, which is a huge bonus to be able to do that.
1: (laughs) Well, and I love that because if you are taking, one of the things I heard you say is, you know, we're going to take 10 minutes here or 15 minutes here. And it goes Mm -hmm. back to that second problem of meetings absorbing our calendar. Mm Mm-hmm empowering yourself to say these 15 minutes is when I'm working on social media, you can use your calendar to do that. So mm-hmm. blocking off a piece on your outlook that says these 15 minutes, I'm going to be updating social media. This half hour is when I'm going to be working on uh lapse donor phone calls this. And by doing so, you know, you have some flexibility depending mm-hmm. on the task and you can make some movement. But if someone else is helping to control your calendar, meaning that you have it available for people to add meetings mm-hmm. to your calendar or yeah. invite you to meetings. They can see your availability. That's so key. And it helps you to make sure that you don't lose those those key balls that are in the air and, and none of those break and fall.
0: Yeah. So now, Natalie, what are some of your personal time management secrets? What, what, what are your secrets oh, that you're hiding? You're going to share my secrets, huh?
1: <laughs> so I learned a long time ago something that's called the three-strike rule. Okay, I that. It's uh, has nothing to do with the St. Louis Cardinals, even okay. though we are in mm-hmm. the greater St. Louis area and we love our Cardinals. Uh, but... For me, it's all about when I open up something, for example, and uh, let's say it's an important document and I know that from that document I'm going to take an action. I will put a little X on the top, meaning strike one. If I can't do anything, if I can't write on the document specifically, I'll put a post-it note on it. Some things I I have to leave fresh. But that means I've looked at it, I've seen it, and I'm not doing anything with it right now and I'm going to put it over here. Mm -hmm. If I have to move it again, it gets another strike. Okay. And if I have to move it the third time, well, that's strike three, which Ooh, means it out. Which, which means I'm either throwing it out because I nice. don't find value in it, I'm filing it because I don't need to do anything with it actively, mm-hmm. or I'm doing something at that moment with it. Nice. Which really forces you to not only organize very strategically, but to really make sure you're doing the most important things first,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that if you if it's not that important to you, that you're not wasting your time doing
0: it at a later time. So that's my three strike rule. That's a really good one actually to kind of almost go off of your three strike rule, you know, talking about what's most important. One of my probably best time management secrets, secrets is to figure out what actually is important to me. What are the things that only I can do in as the executive director of the organization or my personal skill set? What, what can somebody else do and delegate that? And teaching your staff that it is also okay to delegate either to the next person down the road or to your volunteers, because that's really what volunteers are here to do is to help us with that mission.
1: That's a great point because volunteers bring a special skill set. That is why they involve themselves in your organization and learning more about your volunteers is not time wasted. This is time yeah. that will invest back tenfold because you may find a volunteer that was once a journalist for a newspaper, and they're really great at writing, and not only that, but they like to write. Yeah. So give them those activities. Or what you may find is they used to write, they were great at writing, and if you give them something to write, they're going to punch you in the throat.
0: Yeah. So don't
1: give them writing. And <laughs>
0: so they really like flower designing. Great, you are now on our events committee, on our decorating committee. Exactly. And if you can spread some of those tasks away from you, you know, I mean, we even this year, Last year, actually, took the big step of letting our committee chair negotiate the contract for the venue for our event. Now that was really scary, but she did a fantastic job. And do you know how much time that saved me? Lots. So much time. Because not only are you thinking about your day,
1: but what mm-hmm. about the after hours activities that we get involved oh, in as well? Absolutely. And so we get invited to things where you could practically do something every night of the week. And, and sometimes I, you do. <laughs> I bet that, and that can be a big challenge, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's a huge problem. So even last week I had something to do every night of the week. It stressed me out. And going into that week, I looked at that calendar and I said, this is dumb. And I have actually just currently made myself a two nights a week rule where I'm doing work stuff two nights a week and that's it. Um, I know that sometimes that's not going to be practical, but... Here's the thing is time management isn't just about your professional life. It's your personal life too, because if your personal relationships suffer, your professional life is going to really suffer. So I think it's really important to have those balances and make sure that you stop to say no every now and then. I think no is is a really important word for us to work on. Yeah. If you don't have, if you
1: don't have time to fill your own cup, if your cup is empty, then you can't fill someone else's cup. So it's really important. I agree. I have a rule that at the end of the day, I have the three more things Mm -hmm. because I am OCD and I like to get everything done. And so next thing you know, I'm like, just, let me just do this. Let me just do that. And next thing you know, I turn, it's nine o'clock at night and uh, my family's wondering where I'm at. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) instead I reward myself by saying, okay, it's a reasonable time for me to be leaving. And I need to go home, so I'm going to do three more things, and I'm done. Now, one of those things is not solving world hunger. You know, I I take it in little pieces, (laughs) uh, but it may be I'm going to file those papers I said I was going to file. I'm going to send that email to John to see when he can meet next week and start figuring out dates, and I want to write that donor thank you note. And I write those, and I do that, and then I walk away, and I say, I did a little bit more than just leaving. Exactly. And that kind of holds me over until the next day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a a great time management piece for me. I like that. Well, Natalie, I think that we managed our time very well and our 30 minutes are over. So I want to thank you again for coming in and talking with me about this because, oh my gosh, time management is, it's hard. It's hard for all of us, I think. Um, But I think we've got some useful tools in our bag now. And I hope our listeners really got a lot out of
1: it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure you go to 501 Crossroads on Facebook and let us know what you think. Let us know what topics you'd love Marjorie and I to cover. And uh, we'd like to be there and be able
0: to help you. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Minds Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore, and... And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite app is and subscribe to us and leave us some feedback so that others can find us. Um, Like Natalie mentioned, you can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening, and remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.